I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because college fall semester has arrived. Just so that you, the audience, knows what is to come, we will once again be featuring Heartland Community College students. Non-student guests will be sprinkled in, but as you know, this podcast is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. The emerging adult. Why? Because they are out there, have a lot to say, are the future, and I want their voice to be heard. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others. The first two wonderful young people of the 2022 fall semester, Mr. Maximilian Max Hornsby and Mr. Brady George. <laughs> Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. One of the things I love about the podcast assignment, which is a part of this course, is that I get to check up on you guys. So. How's the 2022-23 school year going so far? Beginning with you, Matt. It's good. It's really fun. You meet a lot of new people so far. The homework's not too bad. It's it's fun. I like Harland. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Brady? Oh, it's good at the beginning and then, uh, you know, in the middle and end. It's not so fun with finals and all that. But right now, I'm just having fun up until then. All right. Very good. That's what I like to hear. So you guys are... Getting adjusted to Mr. Bingham's, uh, there is a method to my madness when it comes to how I load everything up on Canvas. You guys doing okay in terms of being able to find everything online, Matt? Yeah. Okay. What about you, Brady? Yeah, it's pretty easy. All right. Everything's going good then. That's what I like to hear. All right. Let's get right into it. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, gentlemen, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, what you plan to major in, why you enrolled in the class, and give us one career goal, beginning with you, Brady. So I was born here in Bloomington Normal, but I was actually raised in Decatur, and I went to Warrensburg-Latham High School down there. Okay. And I'm undecided right now, but I'll probably plan to do something with like exercise science. And okay. I enrolled in this class because I was just curious about learning about the justice system and what the class entailed. You know what that means. Anytime an individual says to Mr. B that they are undecided, 
That means that I'm going to be directing them right into the criminal justice system. <laughs> All right. What about you, Mac? Well, I was born and raised in Bloomington, Illinois. Um, I attended Central Catholic and I was in the Catholic school system my whole life. Uh, I planned a major in criminal justice and I enrolled in this class just because I enjoy it and I hope to do something along these lines. And as a career goal, I hope to become a lawyer at some point. Awesome. Central Catholic Saint, one of my favorite schools in the Twin Cities. You don't know this, Max, but the very first basketball game that was held in the gymnasium, I actually officiated that game. It was a boys' varsity game. Got to actually do a mock toss. They took a picture of a brother and everything. So I, I love Central Catholic. One of my favorite people was John Snyder. All right, gentlemen. Let's move on to segment two, constitutional rights. It is my belief that the United States Constitution is a wonderful document produced by the founders of this great country. That is why it is a part of this course and this podcast. That said, what is your favorite constitutional right? Beginning with you, Mac. Uh, my favorite constitutional right would be the Fourth Amendment, search and seizure. Okay. Any particular reason as to why? Um, well, it protects your everyday things and the origin of how it came to be is actually pretty interesting and how often it's used and you don't know it is, is very an interesting thing. Okay. Yes. You have a right against any illegal searches of your property, of your body, of your papers. You are protected by the Fourth Amendment. Anytime something is done illegally, that actually has to be thrown out of court. All right, very good. What about you, Brady? I also uh, picked the Fourth Amendment. I just like it because obviously just unjust, just to like barge in or arrest someone without like a formal reason that's written down and all that. And uh, you should just respect others and their property regardless of your status. And this, you could see the Fourth Amendment, how it can protect someone's life actually with uh, the incident with like Breonna Taylor. Yes, a very, very unfortunate situation where it is now even being found out that Breonna Taylor, the affidavit that was actually presented to the judge to determine or to get that warrant was falsified. And so there was a young lady who admitted that she actually was part of the fraud. And as a result, she is has admitted to violating the law. And there's going to be a couple of others that are going to be prosecuted as well. Very good, gentlemen. Due process. The Fourth Amendment is part of those due process rights that we have. The Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, Eighth Amendment. They all fall up under the United States Constitution. Due process can be defined as the rights guaranteed to a person by the Constitution and its amendment. Chapter one of our text teaches us that criminal justice system begins with a crime, an investigation, and an arrest. The arrest, most of the time, is made by a police officer. I want to preface this information regarding police by saying we don't have this problem in Bloomington Normal, and I hope that we never do. Let me give you guys some statistics and then get your opinion. In 2015, 270 people were killed while fleeing. Of those incidents, eight officers were charged and three were convicted. In 2016, 336 people 
were killed while fleeing. Three officers were charged and one was convicted. In 2017, 354 killed while fleeing, 11 officers charged and two convicted. 2018, 323 people killed while fleeing, five officers charged and two convicted. In 2019, 325 people killed while fleeing, six officers charged and one convicted. 2020, 380 people killed while fleeing, six officers charged, zero convicted. And in 2021, 365 people were killed while fleeing, eight officers charged and zero convicted. And up until July of this year, 202 were killed while fleeing, three officers charged and zero convicted. And all that has been while we have had video. Police officers have had cameras and people have been videoing things. A lot of people thought video cameras would be a deterrent, but it has not. My question to you, intelligent, young, bright men, is related to excessive force and qualified immunity. Should more police officers be charged for excessive force? One. And two, should police be able to stomp, kick, punch, and knee a citizen when they are restrained on the ground? What say you, Brady? Should more police officers be charged for excessive force? Uh, Yeah, I think so, because they should be taught more effective, safer ways to detain people. And if you do something too excessive where it like injures them or even kills them, you should definitely be convicted. Okay. All right. Mac. I I agree with Brady. Uh, I think that when you are looked at as an authority, you have a certain standard you're held to. And when you have like you mentioned that if you have somebody detained already and they're on the ground, you should have no reason to use any really force if they're detained and on the ground at all. And especially if they're trying to flee, like you can have some of their records and identification in the car. There's no reason to have to use the same like extreme force on somebody for such a minor issue. And like regardless of the respect you have for somebody and their job, you shouldn't really flee the scene anyway. But I, I think that more police officers should be held accountable for the excessive force that they use. Awesome, guys. Very good. All right. We won't get into Tennessee versus Garner, which is a rule of law. If an officer has probable cause to believe that the suspect poses a threat of serious bodily harm, then that's a whole different story. But when an individual is fleeing and they don't have a weapon just because they are fleeing, that doesn't mean that they are a danger or that there's probable cause to believe that they pose a threat of serious bodily harm. So very good guys. And then that that's a case that you guys will read later on in the semester. I can't remember exactly what chapter that's in, but you'll, you'll come to understand that even greater uh, as we progress through the semester. And then there's another term that you will also learn, and that is qualified immunity, which is a type of legal immunity. Qualified immunity balances two important interests the need to hold public officials accountable when they exercise power irresponsible and the need to shield officials from harassment, distraction, and liability when they perform their duties reasonably. All right, segment three, being a voice for change. As emerging adults who grew up in a predominantly white America would say Maximilian and Brady 
about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter, beginning with you first, Matt. White supremacy is obviously still very alive in America today. Um, there was a recent interview done uh, where Chris Sununu said that you can see elements of fascism and white supremacy all in America, and that we have to own up to that as Americans, and there's no doubt about that. And there was also an investigation done recently by the New York Times where there was the same home with two different families, and they had an appraisal for the African-American family. The home was appraised at uh, $472,000, and then they had erased any indication of them living there and had a white family get it appraised, and it was $750,000. Wow. And I was in Baltimore this past week. Awesome, Max. Awesome. Brady? Uh, white supremacy is definitely still like active among Americans and all that, because, I mean, if you look at the past presidents, of course, we've only had one African-American president. Also, like most of the government's white. And then if we look at income and all that, whites earn more than blacks. I did a whole research about that last Mm -hmm. year. And yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. What, what what do you guys say about Black Lives Matter, Mac? Uh, discrimination is still very apparent today in America and attention, more attention must be brought to it and more effort from everybody in the country must be um, admitted to fix this issue. Our history dates back to slavery in America and recently it was the anniversary of the first slaves being brought over and that started the two and a half centuries of slavery in North America and the first Africans uh, arrived in Virginia and they were slaves to the tobacco industry, which was very successful at the time and is what is credited to be the reason why America is where it is today. And tobacco is the reason why our economy started and our colonies were assembled and why we have America. So by no means was is the right thing to do, but the Americans today, we, we owe it to everybody and and the slavery that happened, and we must credit them for the country that we have today and everything that they did. Wow, that's awesome, Max. Man, thank you, brother. Brady, what do you say? Obviously, there still is a problem, and Black lives do matter, and we should just all respect each other. They helped us bring up this country, and we're all just humans. Yeah. Yeah, we all bleed red, don't we, Brady? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I believe that, especially as a Christian man, that we are to love one another as we love ourselves. Right. And we know we know most most people love themselves really good, don't they? And so if you love yourself, you need to love your brother as you love yourself. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So what is what's your opinion? Have you guys been following or have you heard? about the attack on the United States Capitol? Yes. Okay. What do you think about the individuals that were actually attacking the Capitol? I know I had you guys, as part of the survey, you have to have to answer a question that asked if police should be defunded. And I know both of you guys said no. And I'm actually one that that believes that police should still get the same funding that they get, but there should be money that w- should be distributed in other areas to help people so that they won't wouldn't violate the law. It seems to me that when some people say defund the police is bad, and I'm just going to be blunt. When African-Americans say defund the police, it actually is looked down upon. 
But when the former president of the United States and everybody behind him says defund the largest and most prestigious law enforcement agency in the country, when some people say defund the FBI, then everybody get behind them. And so I want to know what you guys actually think about the attack on the Capitol or the Capitol insurrection, beginning with you, Mac. I don't I don't think the insurrection was justified by any means. I don't think that you should infiltrate a, a government building like that and start to tear through rooms and, and disrespect the individuals inside the building. Um, whether the, the riot was was started by Trump or not, I don't think it was right for anybody to to go inside of the building. And then I think I think that the. The punishments towards the individuals are necessary. So something like that in this country doesn't happen again. That was when it happened. It was like a very it was like a disgrace to the country to watch that happen and then realize that it's going on in your own country and people are just moving recklessly in our capital. Awesome. Brady. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing for our country. They're just storming a government building. I'm pretty sure didn't one actually get killed or when they got hit like upside of the head with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. I think as a result of the whole thing, there was like four people total who have died because some people actually couldn't live with themselves as a result of not being able to defend the Capitol in the manner that they thought that they should defend it. I mean, that's something it's a young lady. There's a young lady from my hometown who actually was a part of our member of the Capitol Police who actually suffer, suffered physical injuries as a result of that t- attack. All right, very good, gentlemen. Before I ask my final question, I want to ask y'all, because I, I, I found this to be pretty interesting that you guys both answered affirmative to this question. Should cannabis marijuana be legalized at the federal level? What say you, Brady? Um. <laughs> 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 I, I, was, I was more in the middle of this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, for medical purposes, of course. Yeah. But don't know. Okay. That's all right. What about you, Mac? Well, I think so. Cause like in the medical field and scientifically it's, it can be used in advantage as, as long as it's not abused by an individual. Um, for some people with high blood pressure, it's, it's used for lowering it. Uh, if you have an inflammation inside of you, it can reduce that. It can treat people with anxiety. It can prevent seizures. And there's a little bit of research behind it doing some prevention to cancer, too. Awesome. Very good. All right. And then final question that I asked all my guests. What would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? Let's start with you, Brady. Um, Probably just right now, probably just restabilize the economy, bring down inflation a little more. Okay, Matt? During during the beginning of his, his presidency, he said that he wanted to double the number of immigrants, the judges and staff. I think that'd be good. Um, he has increased the number, but he hasn't doubled them yet. And it would give more opportunities for our immigrants. It would you would start to see more expansive backgrounds on our politicians and their relatives, and it would add our diversity to our law system. Awesome. All right. Very good. Well, I want to thank you, brothers, for being the first guest of the fall semester of the Hartley Community College crew. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, a little knowledge on due process, what might help curb excessive force, important constitutional rights, and what can be done to make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life.
God bless and Godspeed. Mm-hmm.